Welcome to another edition of From the Front Lines, where we discuss both the day-to-day and one-of-a-kind issues facing real estate managers. Today, I'm here with Bertie Kelly, CEO of Milan Property Management. Welcome, Bertie. Hi, thanks for having me. So today we're talking about challenges. What are some of the mental wellness challenges that are being faced by real estate managers right now? I think that's a great question. Um, I think being in the middle of a pandemic and just kind of seeing which way that's going to go, a lot of property managers um, are dealing with mental health, not only on the personal end, but also um, professionally. So you have, you know, landlords and tenants, you know, they can be very passionate um, or stressed, you know, or desperate in their communications with with, uh, property managers. But ultimately, it's the manager's fiduciary responsibility to the landlord. And, and that's, that's stressful, right? In addition, uh, the role of a property manager, uh, it involves intervening in sometimes difficult situations, um, especially what the pandemic has brought on, along with the norm of, you know, just general conflict for the multifamily industry, dealing with um, residents who are maybe going through a divorce, domestic violence situations, um, especially brought on by the pandemic, you know, and then death. Um, from anyone who's who's had COVID and now they have uh, the primary breadwinner having to deal with that situation, with that situation. So managing the emotions of stress, you know, residents or ten- office tenants in both sectors um, of the real estate industry, it, it's, it's going to be tough. So it, it's just, it's a sense of heightened risk of anxiety and depression. I feel like that's one of the biggest issues going on right now. Absolutely. And I understand that you've personally gone through some challenges that put you in a unique position to be able to address some of these things. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was just um, getting started as an assistant property manager, um, you know, I I had my car, my car was repossessed. I couldn't pay my light bill and, and um, you know, or, or my rent. And, you know, I, I had a panic attack um, and in my, my office and it was just my second day at work. Um, there was no way for me to be able to leave personal life at the door when said situation (laughs) is waiting for me when I, you know, get out the door and I didn't know what I was going to do. So I couldn't really focus personally focus, um, on how I was going to get out of that situation, much less going to work and having to pretend like I have it all together and, (laughs) leading a team. Um, so that, that was a challenge. I remember, um, I also, and, and I probably scared my manager at the time too. <laughs> I also remember, um, you know, being served court papers, um, the service came in and served me, um, court papers for a custody battle with my son. I mean, that was hard, right? I mean, how many, you know, times has this happened to anyone? Um, who's working, um, who's gotten served that, and now they have to deal with a life issue that just presented them, presented itself while you're at work. And, and yet I was still expected to show up and work to work and rent, rent apartments and process, you know, leases and do my daily duties. No, at the time, like there wasn't counseling offered um, from my employer. You know, there was no empathy to, to, for me to take time off from work for the, the court days. I remember just receiving a warning and just being told that if I miss another day, 
I wouldn't be without a job. So that was stressful. It was just more added stress on top of the personal stress I was going through. And ultimately was creating, taking a mental toll on me um, to try to figure out and fight through, you know, what was happening, you know, fighting for my son or keeping a job. Of course, my son's going to come first. I, I, I end up losing um, pretty much everything to keep him. And I had to, to essentially quit because I, I ended up having to face eviction. I didn't ultimately get evicted and they worked with me, but I still had to move. So, and then there was one other time when I was homeless and I was living out of my car and I was taking showers, eating clean, you know, eating meals in, in a shelter and um, life was hard. But I never gave up and, and I had to learn how to figure out property management, you know, and get through it. Well, thank you for sharing that, Birdie. And yeah. you use this phrase that is so powerful. You say that, you know, you really can power through and level up. And I'd love to hear about how both personally and professionally you've gone through these experiences and figured out how to, to do just that. You know, absolutely. I remember that in the midst of everything, I had to mentally stay strong, you know, for myself, for my son. And I had to pull myself out of those ditches I kept falling in Um, because life is not easy. Um, I fought hard um, to power through and to make something of myself and push past anyone who tried to hold me back. You know, I signed myself up for for professional counseling, but I'm going to say the key factor is when I could afford it. I think now employers do a very good job of providing, you know, free access to counseling as well as the community. And of course, churches offer that. That's a way, an outlet that I use to kind of power through is being able to just talk to somebody, you know, here's my situation. How do I get through this? Um, I remember I was personally able to seek those services for counseling. And I was able to go to um, food banks and get food for me and my son. I was able to get uh, receive assistance with rent. Those are ways that I had to look to just personally powering through um, in order to, to continue to level up and, and make a good life for my, my, my son and I. So I encourage everyone who may go through a life crisis or adversity uh, to be strong and just hey, know that you are not alone. And many times I felt that I was. Um, So I think that's key to actually sharing that with anyone else who may be going through hard times in life, especially, you know, with the pandemic and what it's presented. A lot of us were hit hard by that. Um, And so just employers are recognizing a lot of their top performing, you know, employees they are are being hit hard by, by the pandemic because maybe they've lost loved ones. Um, it's hit home to everybody. I encourage everyone to find outlets to get you through, whether it's music, it's running, it's exercise. I, I know there's this one lady who says, my team tells me if I come in grumpy, go go ride your bike and then come back to the office. <laughs> so it helps. Um, I personally use gaming. I'm a gamer. I love Super Mario Brothers and Fortnite. And then, as I mentioned before, just the, you know the counseling. Counseling helps that someone's sitting there and you're not alone and they can help you figure it out. Um, Counseling doesn't mean that you're crazy. I know a lot of people sometimes, you know, say they think that you're headed to a psych ward or something if you have to see a professional counselor. And that absolutely is not it. Also encouraging, this is really important, especially with the moratorium going on. And you have 
literally residents on the multifamily end who just don't know how they're going to make the payments and, and the rent that they owe. I encourage a lot of property managers to have empathy and compassion and to, you know, help with budgeting resources, financial classes and courses, anything that you can do to provide educational opportunities, especially for affordable housing, be that resource. Yeah, be that resource. Right now at Milan, my property management firm, I currently provide um, the Calm app to my team. And by the end of the year, we're going to give everyone access to Talkspace, which is an app that I know um, Michael Phelps, that he's pushing. That's fantastic. Wow. And the stigma around therapy really is finally going away, I think, given the pandemic. So that's really great to hear that you're doing that for your staff. Yeah. Is there anything, you know, looking back that you would have done differently or something you would suggest that people avoid doing when they're trying to kind of power through these times of adversity? Oh gosh. Um, I would say the number one thing I did that I didn't realize I was doing that would make it worse. I would ignore my stress. One of the things that I used to do is I recognized the situation, but I pretended as if everything was okay and it will all work itself out. And I didn't address the emotion. I didn't address the situation. I literally just ran from it. I just, oh, adversity is coming. Okay, let me turn the other way and keep walking. (laughs) And you can't do that because adversity is going to find you and it's going to hit. It's going to build and build until you turn around and you face it. So don't ignore the stress. Don't ignore the emotions. Go talk about it, you know, whether it's to a counselor, to a trusted resource. Um, I, I live by this, this saying, hurt people hurt people, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, right? So take the time out, you know, no matter how you know, stressed you are, be kind to everyone. Smile, lend a helping hand. We have to get back to those basics because you never know who's hurting and you never know how they're going to deal with that hurt. I mean, if you come into work, as I used to come into um, work, and as I was saying, the panic attack that I had was because I didn't realize where me and my son were going to stay. They, my car had been repossessed. I was getting a notice, getting kicked out. You know, I had worked three jobs just prior to that, and it wasn't enough. I needed stability because you know, of all the money that was going out to pay for babysitters and rent and all of that. And it's just like, how am I going to make this work? And I, there was no way I could leave that at the door. I tried to, and it, and it eventually transitioned into a panic, me having a panic attack. So, but I didn't lash out at someone, right, for it. But someone else may deal with hurt differently. They may lash out on someone. Have you ever been snapped at by somebody? And then eventually they came back and they were like, I'm so sorry, I'm just, this is going on, blah, blah, blah. And you were, you had empathy for them. Well, you just never know what a, a kind word goes a long way. A smile goes a long way. So just making sure that you're being kind to everybody, not ignoring the stress, avoid, avoid turning down professional counseling. You have to talk about it and talk about how you're feeling. And most importantly, use your outlets. Don't ignore those either. Um, you can budget to go get a massage because that helps to de-stress. You can get the Calm app. You can meditate. <laughs> you can, whatever you do, you, you do, just don't avoid activities that help you de-stress. Absolutely. What would you say? I mean, you've given a lot of great advice. What would you say has been your single most important learning point that you'd want to share for overcoming difficult situations? I would say 
the most important thing to me is, and I was told when I was younger, is that attitude determines altitude. I never got a promotion or was hired for a position with a bad attitude. I mean, I just wouldn't have got the job, right? You have to believe um, that the storm in your life, no matter what it is, at what time it hits, is temporary. And that the sun is still shining and it hasn't disappeared. It's just waiting for the cloud to move, right? So never let a temporary emotion or situation determine your altitude. You have a choice. So have a positive, good attitude and you'll soar higher, right? And I just want to mention, I was looking at just some some facts as I was preparing for, for this and... I could not believe that um, CDC reported um, January of last year um, that the suicide among you know, U.S. working age population between 16 and 64 years old is increasing. In 2017, which is the last um, time that they took this, they do these, these surveys every, every so often, but nearly 38,000 people died by suicide. Um, that's significant. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just in awe. They broke it down by occupation as well. And there's an increase every year. It's going up, um, you know, just for, for people who committed suicide dealing with um, some had an excessive workload. Some had interpersonal issues. Some had workplace stress. So, again, like I really want to stress that attitude determines altitude coming to work with a positive attitude it is the best thing, right? But if you're dealing with adversity, um, in order to power through and level up to the best chapter of your life, to keep turning those pages, you, you need to talk about it. So go, go seek counseling. Um, it's something that I did. And, you know, look at me now. And kudos to you for how far you've come, Birdie. And attitude determines altitude. I'm going to remember that. That's a great piece of advice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Birdie. dynamic challenges. That's www.irem.org.